All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you find ukulele music like very annoying or something along those lines, uh, yeah, it's probably not going to have a beneficial effect. And there are definitely individual differences in you know people's music preferences. So it definitely it's not going to be a universal. It really is going to depend on the person, I would say. By the time the story of a surprised ukulele lesson on board a Southwest Airlines flight went viral last month, many people were already weighing in on social media, saying it looked like the stuff of nightmares. 180 ukuleles. One in every seat. One in every single seat. Being in a cramped, sealed tube with strangers is already stressful, but there are worse things that I can imagine dealing with than ukulele music. Broken bathrooms, crying babies, bad food, you know, all that normal airline stuff. That's all bad enough. And on top of that, yes, it turns out that we humans are pretty sensitive to things in our environment, including our physical setting and sounds, such as music. In fact, we're probably even more sensitive to these things than we realize, according to Dr. Kim Meidenbauer, a postdoctorate fellow with the University of Chicago's Environmental Neuroscience Lab. There's really cool research showing that people really underestimate the kind of mood benefit that they will have by interacting with nature. So going for a walk through a park, people tend to underestimate the positive impact that that will have on their emotions. Weidenbauer joined us this week on Something Off Beats, a podcast where we investigate attention-grabbing headlines. I'm your host, Mike Rogers. And Dr. Meidenbauer's work has included research on the psychological benefits of exposure to nature, or what she refers to as a naturalistic setting. What is a naturalistic setting? I think that's not a plane. No, it is not a plane. So, so yeah, in general, in my research, um, I, a lot of what I focus on is this distinction between natural environments, which we kind of broadly define as anything that's not built or contains natural elements. So uh, trees and grass and things that kind of just uh, arise naturally out of nature. And that is contrasted with things that are like purely built or man-made in the case of a in the case of a uh, a plane or a building or something like that. What are some examples of naturalistic settings? Yeah, so urban parks we count as natural settings. So, you know, you can have nature within um, a built or an urban environment. So, you know, you don't have to go all the way out to the mountains in order to experience, you know, nature as we define it. And in general, we find that kind of, you know, type of nature does matter. But overall, people have really positive emotional responses kind of generally in natural settings. So the notable exception would be if you're, you know, in a park and, you know, there's a bear or something that would be alarming <laughs> or not a park, probably probably be out in the mountains if you saw a bear. Um, but, but generally, if you see something that is 
uh, alarming, so dangerous wildlife or annoying bugs, you're not going to have a positive response. But in general, people interacting with natural environments, they see we see improvements in their mood, uh, improvements in their ability to do cognitive tasks, reductions in stress, and kind of all of these different benefits at like both a psychological and a physiological level. And you can actually measure this brain activity, right? So you can measure brain activity, although it is a lot more challenging to do this in real environments. So a lot of the research that has been done looking at how uh, brain activity changes based on different environment types is kind of limited to either the like, picture domain or like video domains because a lot of neuroimaging techniques are kind of hard to take outside of a lab. So it's hard to take them in the real world, but I will say the notable exception and some projects I'm currently working on involve a technology called FNIRS that basically shines infrared light into your scalp and measures brain activity by how much light is absorbed. It's just like kind of sci-fi sounding thing, um, but basically you can measure brain activity while people are out in real environments. And that's actually something I'm working towards right now, but it's kind of a newer area of research and it hasn't, there hasn't been a ton out there because it is very technically challenging. <laughs> In layman's terms, what do the readings show? In general, well, the brain the brain activity research is a little bit less clear, but I will say at least at like the psychological level, when people are exposed to more built environments or kind of utilitarian type of things, they, they tend to have a more negative emotional response. And especially if you contrast it with something that is more aesthetically beautiful or natural. Are certain indoor or non-naturalistic settings more stressful than others? Yeah, so I will say that that one thing we find is that kind of the, the uglier or more disorderly an environment is, the kind of worse effect it has on your emotional state, just in general from like a visual, kind of just a, like the visual environment perspective. But I mean, also in the case of something like a plane, you know, you have all of these like, I mean, people have like phobias that are related to flying and things like that. According to the Cleveland Clinic, more than 25 million adults in the U.S. are affected by a fear of flying, also known as aerophobia. Now, this fear can have complicated causes for those who suffer from it and can cause symptoms similar to panic attacks, including chills, and trembling, and shortness of breath. Would uh, planes, do you think, be pretty close to the top of the list in terms of stress? Well, it really, I think it does depend on the person, right? So, so some people might actually have a very positive emotional response to planes because, you know, it's adventure, you're going somewhere cool, you're excited, but there's definitely a spectrum. So what can be done to lower stress levels for people who do have a fear of flying or get triggered by planes? I will say that kind of based on my research and the things that I've studied, I, I think that you could change the design of planes, honestly, considerably to make them more aesthetic, to make them look more natural. So there's this entire field of uh, biophilic design. So making built environments look natural. And you can do that with like making more rounded edges or more fractal patterns or changing the hues of things to be more like blues and greens and that sort of thing. And so, so this field of biophilic design and architecture, the whole point is to make things look more natural, to make them look more beautiful. And in general, you'll see that people will have a more positive emotional response to something that looks like that. So, I mean, to me, like, 
having a plane look more natural, look more beautiful. I don't know if it necessarily will change things too much for the people that have a panic attack on a plane, but for people that are just generally unsettled, having a bad time, they just went through security. It was annoying. It was frustrating. Like having a more natural looking interior might actually have a a positive effect on reducing their stress and making them feel better. While many who commented on social media said encountering a surprise ukulele lesson on a plane would make them uncomfortable, people who were on the flight itself, they said it was actually a good experience. In fact, Ryan Miyashiro, who's one of the three Guitar Center instructors aboard that California to Hawaii flight, said it was nothing but smiles. I spoke with Alex Windsor, another instructor who was on the flight, and she told me the same thing. How was it? For a plane full of 180 beginners, it didn't sound as bad as you would think. <laughs> and to be clear, I, I in, in talking with them, they told me that this wasn't people playing ukuleles for the entire five-hour flight. They did this for 15 or 20 minutes while the plane was still on the ground before it even took off. Well, that is the other thing, too, is that there's individual differences in, you know, music preferences and, you know, a kind of general take home of the research that I've done in in kind of the visual and some of the auditory domain is generally you're going to have a positive emotional response to things you like and a negative emotional response to things that you don't. How about music? Could music help? I don't doubt it could. Uh, There's actually, you know, there's a fair bit of research that does, you know, use music to induce different types of mood. So this is actually something I've also used in my work, looking at how can we make people feel happy or angry or sad. And there are songs that, you know, out there have a pretty consistent emotional response. So you can play like the Halloween theme, honestly, and people will feel fear. (laughs) You can play, you know, some like beautiful, like the Ode to Joy, and people do tend to feel happy. So I think ukulele music is delightful. So in this context, I don't doubt that <laughs> listening to uh, you know, a cheerful ukulele tune would have a, a positive impact in this case. Last year, the Federal Aviation Administration reported a huge uptick in unruly passenger incidents. From 1995 to 2020, there were rarely more than 300 per year. But in 2021, there were nearly 2,000. And this year, there have already been more than 700 unruly passenger incidents reported. In May, Odyssey station KCBS reported on a woman who got prison time for her in-flight antics. A California woman was sentenced to 15 months in prison uh, because she assaulted a Southwest flight attendant. The woman punched the airline worker repeatedly after being asked to buckle up and wear her face mask properly. I would think that anything we could do to reduce the stress level on a plane would be good because we hear so many stories about angry passengers, you know, punching mm-hmm. flight attendants, getting in fight. There's kind of a whole literature that that talks about, you know, why do people act out aggressively and, you know, specifically in the context of like, you know, they kind of snap or they're provoked and they just kind of lash out. And some of the research we, we know about says that essentially if you're in a if you're in an emotional state that is angry um, or irritable or something like that, you know, you're more likely to lash out if you're provoked. So people being in an airplane, maybe they, again, had a stressful experience getting through customs. There's like a lot of people that are mad about like mask mandates on planes and things like that for some reason. And, you know, just kind of generally being in an irritable or stressful state is just going to make it more likely that if something kind of 
pisses you off, you're more likely to actually act out in aggression. So in the context of my work, I, I kind of look at what might, uh, how heat might have this kind of effect. So maybe being in an uncomfortably hot space can make you irritable, it can make you feel angry. And that's kind of the, what I propose is one of maybe the links between, you know, you see the uptick in crime uh, in summer on hot days. And so this is something that's been looked at a lot, actually. And generally you find that, you know, heat makes people mad and then, you know, they're provoked and then they lash out in aggression. And I don't doubt that there's a parallel kind of thing happening there as in uh, on a plane. How about you? If you gotten on this flight and saw a ukulele sitting on every seat on the plane, <laughs> would you have been kind of, oh, well, this could be fun or would you have been rolling your eyes? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that sounds fun. Uh, I would say that as someone who is extremely musically not talented, I would have been grateful for the lesson because I would have been lost. <laughs> but I love the idea of there being something to distract people. I think the music is like, you know, thematically appropriate. If you're going to Hawaii, you know, you want to feel the like island vibes, you know, I could get behind that. I think I would be on board. I think it's really soothing and relaxing, but I guess some people could have gone like, you know, John Belushi and Animal House and <laughs> it against the sides of the plane. I'm Mike Rogers, and thanks for listening to Something Offbeat. This episode written and produced by Lauren Barry and Chris Blake with audio editing and original music by Myron Kaplan. Editorial support from Cooper Mall. Now to keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, please send it to us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the cockpit, we've cleared on to the runway for departure. Flight attendants, please return to your stations. Thank you. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.